This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Deanna, we want to thank everybody that's listening for joining in to the podcast today and uh, where we've been thinking about uh, together uh, the fact that you know we're, we're living in a, in a world that's very pluralistic and, and we've made the connection to the past several times that that's not necessarily real different from from the way other cultures have lived uh, but within the American culture we had a fairly long season where we didn't have to worry too much about pluralism. So much of our culture really thought about one God. I mean, we, we say it when we talk about the Pledge of Allegiance, we, right? It's, it's within kind of the framework of the thinking of our nation. If you, you could say it was even in the DNA of the nation at one point. But we know that's not true today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's lots of people from different backgrounds and different places and they with with the advent of media and technology you can learn about other cultures and other ideas and other other religions and and people put all that together and we've got a whole bunch of people forming their own concepts of God and who he is and in reality we know everybody's still dealing with the same issues the same life struggles and are trying to find ways to bring about who God is in their life, but in their own way. And so we thought it would be helpful to think about that some and talk about the character of God and how no matter how much we try to recreate God in our lives or our own gods for our own lives or get rid of God from our lives, that he is unique, absolutely, and his character meets all of the longings of the human life. You talking about the uniqueness of God reminds me of one of the scholars that said the fact that Yahweh cannot be imaged coheres with Yahweh's nature as a real living, active speaking creator God who is like no other. Mm. And you see the same idea in Exodus 15, 11, who God, Yahweh, this is a God that is like no other. Mm -hmm. And he is, he is the God who has, you know, all knowledge and all power and Mm -hmm. all, all knowing ability of things in life. And we, we grapple with that because it's hard to wrap our minds around the fact that this God knows everything and he is with us. He, he desires a relationship with us yeah. and he desires good for us in our lives. Yeah, yeah. If, if we think about what Exodus fifteen eleven talks about, here is Moses who's pondering the question, who is like you among the gods, O Lord? And in his in his culture, you can read that, and you go, "Oh yeah, that, who's who's like God?" Um, but if you realize Moses' circumstances uh, among the Egyptians, there's all these different gods, 
and each God represented some part of their lives. They they needed a, they needed a God to take care of their food. They needed a God to take care of of their weather. They needed a God to take care of the sun rising and the moon coming up and the waters and and every aspect of life. There was some God to do that, mm-hmm. and 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 Moses is observing this society and and going well who's like our god who who's like you that there's all these man-made gods to try to fit the needs of the people but you're everything you're you're you are omnipresent you're you're wherever we are you're always with us we don't have to go hunt you down you don't have to come hunt us down you know everything we don't need gods to tell us about the different seasons of things and the different grains of food and the and, and the different diseases of our life you know everything and you're all powerful we don't need we don't need a god to fight wars and a god to take care of our sicknesses and a god god you're you're everything you're you're all powerful and so who's who's like this god and it really is an opportunity for him to say Compare. Look at your society and look at your world, and you've got all this. We've got God. We've got Yahweh. Who's like that? And he's just asking that question. And, you know, you see this, too, in the time of the prophets. You see this, you know, as they're getting ready to go into Babylonian exile. And here you see people who are giving themselves over to all these false gods in that day and time just like they were in the time of Egypt they do the same thing in the time of Rome and and we're doing that today and one of the things that strikes me as intriguing is that you know God uses human agents right Mm -hmm. which is so incredible that he would use any of us for anything And so we do have people who have knowledge that he has allowed us to tap into and those types of things. And we have doctors and we have nutritionists and we have, you know, psychologists and and we have all these different people that we go to. But I think when it when it becomes a an issue is when we're not seeking God for that knowledge through these human agents. Mm that we are we're saying, you know, it's not necessary for God as if we could have some kind of knowledge without the one who has perfect knowledge. Yeah. 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 As you're talking about that, I'm thinking, you know, kind of the modern secular human would be not much different than someone living in Egypt in that day because uh, they're going to have a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. I need I need somebody that's got the knowledge that'll feed me right. I can't do it myself. It needs to be somebody outside of me that's an expert. Mm-hmm. I need a psychologist mm-hmm. because I'm having trouble with my emotions and I can't deal with some of the hurts and pains of my past. And I need somebody that can help me understand my emotions. And I'm going to have a physical trainer. I'm going to have a personal trainer. <laughs> I'm going to go to the gym because I need somebody that knows how my body needs to function and can give me the things that I need so that I can be awake and alert and strong. And, and I, I need, you know, you're just packaging all these different things Mm-hmm. And in some sense, it's like I'm not going. I'm not going to God, as you just said, saying I can have all those things and be trusting in the Lord and go. Yeah, I I, 
I trust him to send to me what I need so I can live my life and I ultimately trust the outcome to him mm-hmm. or I can say I don't need God at all because I have all these components and yeah. it looks really different based on how you're approaching that yeah and I would say to that one of the things that's good for us to do is to look at three of the characteristics about God mm-hmm. that we call the omnis the omnipresent omnipotent and omniscience and and the thing is is that I really hadn't thought about this prior to us talking about this but you can really see these three characteristics of God in the Psalm of David in Psalm 139 mm-hmm. and you can look and read as you're looking at the first six you can begin to unpack this idea of his omniscience and we can talk through that a little bit yeah as as you're as you're pointing out the first six verses reveal to us uh, the omnipresence of god Uh, the, the psalmist is saying you you've searched me and you know me right and and where can i go I, I can't. I can't be anywhere you're not. That I think that's one of the things that, about Scripture that happens over and over again is um, the idea that we have the promise. Jesus reiterates that I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll always be with you. Um, but omnipresence isn't just Him always being with us. I can't go anywhere you're not. Right. Yes. So yeah, you're always with me because you're everywhere. What what you're telling me is not only are you everywhere, but I'm going to be with you in an intimate way. And so, to me, both of those aspects are, I can't go anywhere you're not, but you also want to be with me in that intimacy. Um, but but you, see, you see his presence, and, and there's a sense in which how, how comforting is the presence of God, uh, that, that you're, you're there, you're with me, I can't get lost from you, I, I can't run from you. Uh, believers, believers don't want to run from God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I couldn't, even if I desired, even if I wanted to escape, I can't escape your presence. But isn't it interesting, too, that you see this in Jonah, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, he's trying to flee uh, this idea of what God has commanded him to do, and yet he's, he's you know, comes to this point, you know, I can't, I can't run from you, God, yeah. right? And, you know, sometimes we... We want the sense of his presence and his comfort, and we feel like he's almost abandoned us, but it's just not true. Yeah. I mean, the abandoning that we see of God is Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. But but why was that? So that our sins could be paid for. And isn't that good that God is everywhere yeah. and Yet, the one place that he was not was so that our sins could be paid for. But we don't always feel it. We don't always feel it when, you know, we're hurting. Yeah. Because sometimes our emotions will take over and tell us things that are untrue. But when we go back and we look at Psalm 139, we see, no, God, you are there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And... You, you have used the phrase, and, and I've adopted it, we have to preach the truth to one another and to ourselves, right? I need somebody that will speak it to me, but I have to speak it to myself. 
this psalm as a place you can go back to to remind yourself again and again of these particular three characteristics uh, of his presence. Where can I go from your spirit? That's what the psalmist is saying in verse 7 of that. Uh, his, his knowledge of knowing us. Such knowledge, he says in verse 6 of Psalm 139, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high, cannot attain to it. Um, there's a knowledge that's beyond us. And, and as you pointed out, these characteristics are God alone. Uh, we have knowledge, mm-hmm. we have presence, and we have power, but it's limited. The yes. idea of the omni is it's all-encompassing. He doesn't have greater knowledge than we have. He has all knowledge. He doesn't have greater power than we have. His greatest power. He has all power, right? So uh, it, it's a, it's an all-encompassing characteristic, and we we understand it in part. Um, and if we try to if we try to apply to God just what we understand of it, he still falls short. And that's what's so hard about the, the yeah. false idols and the false gods and their abilities. But he's he's all encompassing of these, and so uh, you know where where can I go from your spirit? You're going to be there. Your knowledge is greater than me. You you're able to look inside of me, and you've known me, and you've searched me. Uh, that that's a powerful thing. And and then his just his power that it, the psalm really closes out with in terms of you you formed my inward parts. You and and that's that's presence and knowledge, but. There's a power. You're you're the one in charge and making and designing all that has happened in in our world, in our life, in me in particular. And you know, he even goes out on this, and you lead me, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, David's like, search me, know my heart, you know, tell me all these things. He says, try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting because he's coming back to that place where he's like you know everything mm-hmm. and it reminds me of the disciples when they're standing around and we're like where else do we have to go <laughs> yeah. i mean you have all knowledge right mm-hmm. and sometimes i think we can get in this panic mode of what am i going to do what am i going to do and i i went to get glasses today Right. And so while I was getting glasses, I was trying on all these different pairs of glasses and the person sitting before me and I said, well, what do you, you know, do you think it'd be this one or do you think it'd be this one or which one do you think that I ought to get? And this is such a frivolous decision, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I'm looking at someone trying to gain some knowledge outside of myself mm-hmm so that I can get this adequate pair of glasses so I can see again. And and I'm thinking to myself, we're always making choices. Mm-hmm. And we're coming before God and we're like, okay, I have this choice, I have this choice. You have all knowledge. Will you direct me? Will you lead me? And he uses oftentimes human agents to do those things, right? Yeah. And when he, 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 you will come in contact with somebody that maybe you didn't know you were going to see that day and they give you information and it connects you with somebody but but he has this this power this knowledge and he's with us he he knows us he knows our innermost part and so he knows how to lead and direct us and i think that that's important when we're looking at this psalm to see that we're not alone yeah and he he desires to lead us the aloneness factor 
uh, I think is something really critical when we think about the, the character of God um, because we it, it's not too difficult to convince somebody that there's there's some agent or some force that's bigger than this world that's kind of overseeing what's going on even if you don't like the way it's turning out maybe they don't have a full complete understanding but something's gone on so that this it's not real hard to convince kind of the average person. You, know, you, you might find an academic that's going to go you must convince me that there's a god right? <laughs> but kind of just the average real person yes even if they say on a normal daily basis i don't believe in god i'm not sure i bind all that when somebody close to them dies they're posting pray for us our family's going through a rough you know right i mean yes, they're believing yes. there's something bigger it's what i think what's hard to convince is that that big god is really who he claims to be and then he wants to be that near to you like you were just describing and talking about that in some sense he does care about your glasses right yeah. uh, even more so than the person that's going yeah buy these they look great on you right um, so it's like God is that intimate with us that he wants to be near he wants to be close and it comes out in these characteristics when we talk the omni sometimes make God oh God is big and awesome he is the omni god omnipresent on those characteristics really draw him in and close to us and and i think that matters in your everyday life that that's when these characteristics of god i go wow his power matters his knowledge matters his presence matters when i'm in the throes of young parenting and i'm trying to get through daily life of raising these little kids and I'm changing diapers and cleaning house and running errands and God's too big to even care. No, God in all that he is does really care. And the idea that he is sovereign, right? Mm -hmm. That he is all powerful. He is omnipotent. He is ruling all things. Sometimes when we get in those daily things, we think, oh, you know, uh, all these things are going on in the world, and I'm I'm fearful, or mm-hmm. or I I don't know what to do about the world my kid is going to be raised mm-hmm. in, and I always like to encourage parents to go back and look at what kids were doing or what they were saying about kids even, and by the old ancients and things like that because it's really not much different than today. Mm-hmm. God hasn't been dethroned. He's still up there ruling and he has a plan and he knows that we are upside down because sin has entered the world and he knows that jesus entered the world so that he might die for our sins and we can be reconciled to him and so we have this ruler who is a fair just god he didn't just like you were saying the other day he didn't just takes in and say, oh, it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to wink at that. No, there was a a price that was paid. And he's over all the nations. We see that in the prophets. Mm -hmm. He he cares about all the nations. And so we have this fair, just, ruling God who said, I want my people to be with me. And he's sovereign. And he sent Jesus so that we could be reconciled to him and we could sense his presence and we could see his power and one day this world is going to look much different because it's going to be renewed right there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth 
and there's going to be no more tears. And we we can think about that when we're thinking about His sovereignty. Mm, that's good. That uh, hearing you say that just brings comfort in some of the own my own things that trouble me today. You know, just the everyday troubles of life. You go, oh wow, wow, that's a good reminder. I think it was Tim Keller that uh, said. Um, difficulties can only destroy false foundations, mm-hmm. right? You can't, you can't knock God off his throne. So when difficulty comes into my life, all it can do is knock out the false foundations I've been hoping in, takes away the things that, that aren't going to be the answer anyway. So it, that's a good thing, right? When, when, when the false foundations get destroyed, you're left with just God. Then that's what yes. you need. So, uh, I, that's a saying that I, that I heard. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Keller, but, um, if I misquoted, he's in heaven. He doesn't care. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's that's a good thing, um, man. So thinking about God's character in our lives, we've mentioned parents. Um, uh, you and I have recently had and have students that are in college years, and the challenge and difficulty of figuring out your future. Mm. It, just, what classes should I be taking? What major should I have? Who should I spend the rest of my life with? What kind of job am I going to get? That's such a difficult stage and season of life. Uh, but the character of God, he's with you. He's present. He's powerful. He already knows. He sees what's down the road. Mm-hmm. And so the decisions you're fretting, trust him because he sees something you can't see. That is so true. I think that this season is all about just encouraging them to trust, which in turn is causing me to trust, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and reminding me, God did this in my own life. I can believe him to be doing this in their life. And even if there were things that I thought, man, I do those differently. You know, God still worked those out for good for his glory. And it taught me things, you know, it, it molded my character. And so you're absolutely right in, in students and, and becoming young adults and starting families, they, they have questions and they do, they get concerned about decisions that are going to be life altering for them. Yeah. And in that stage of life, they sometimes look at where you and I are Mm -hmm. and go, well, y'all, I mean, you've been a Christian all these years. You've studied your Bible all this time. <laughs> you know, you trust God. Your walk is solid. You, how do you respond to that thought? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Looking at them saying, yeah, I'm still learning what you're learning. Mm-hmm. And and so I think that God is so good to take us through these uh, smaller places. And I know when I was in my 30s and you'll probably remember this because we were in southern hills and there was a speaker who came in and he said what god is taking you through today is preparing you for tomorrow mm-hmm. and and that's what i say i just get up and say every day i just get up and say god i need your grace mm-hmm. today and every day yeah and help me make these decisions and help me trust you because you know, there's no day that I get up and think, yeah, I've made it. I, I wish yeah. there were, but yeah. it's not for me. Yeah. If it is for you, tell me how you get there. <laughs> no, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I need more of the understanding of God's omniscience, his knowledge now more than ever. Um, the, the more I've learned, the, the, the realization has been I, there's so much I don't know. Right? Yes. I, I've learned a lot. And what it's taught me is there's so much of God I don't know. 
And so I'm much more reliant on your knowledge and your wisdom for my daily life than I thought I needed in my 20s and early 30s. Like, hey, I'm doing good. I've got stuff figured out. I, you know, I've got a lot of knowledge here. I can go conquer the world. Now I'm like, I don't know anything. I yes. need your help, right? And so, you, so I think right. the more you learn, the more you realize you need to learn. Um, well, and it also reminds me of Habakkuk. You know, he, mm-hmm. he asks these great questions. And you see in, I think it's Psalm 88 or 89. You can go and look that up. But it's one of the Psalms that ends, most Psalms end with bringing praise back to God. Mm-hmm. And this is one that doesn't. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it, it really is a reality of, you know, we have we have these tough questions and we don't ever get rid of them. I think we grow, though, in our trust. I think our relationship develops and deepens and and we're less likely to, you know, throw everything off after 30 seconds. It may take like eight hours before we're like, (laughs) oh, wait, God, what are you doing? Um, You know, but I do think that we still have, you know, those questions. We still have those times where we're like, God, I know I can trust you, but I'm trying to make sense of this right now. Help me make sense of it. And I think that's where these omni come in is to give us that encouragement yeah 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 while we age and still have lots to learn and know one thing that does happen with faith as you walk further with god is you may not have as many answers but you trust him more deeply and more readily because you've learned more about his power his presence and and his uh knowledge about you and the world and life and so Well, this has been encouraging to me, and I hope it's encouraging to others who listen. No matter the stage of life they're in, they can learn something about the character of God and develop their faith and trust in Him. Thanks, Deanna, for the conversation. 